Thank you very much, Diana. Our next speaker is Alice Sylvia Leger. She comes to us from two universities, uh, Université d'Amiens and University of Milan, and she's talking about uh, Torre Alfina, Carin d'Anvers, right? Yeah. Um, manor in Italy. Floors is here. So, um, good morning, everyone. First of all, I would like to thank the scientific committee of this conference for giving me the opportunity to be here today in front of you. In these 15 minutes we will spend together, I will try to present you my latest research about an Italian castle belonging to the kind and their family, Toralfina Castle, 150 kilometers <coughs> far from Rome in a Viterbo direction. I should preface this by saying that I spent the last few years of my life studying in Paris and despite working on my English, I seem to have just ended up with not only an Italian accent but a Franco-Italian one, so good luck to you. The Kahn-Danvers family was a powerful family of bankers who operated in France, Netherlands and Belgium between the 19th and the 20th century. They are considered to be the founders of the BNP Paribas Bank. Mayor Josef Kahn-Danvers, a Jew from Bonn, son of Greengrocer, married Clara Bischofsheim, the daughter of a renewed Belgian banker, in 1829. They had five children, a daughter, Emma, and four sons, Edward, Louis, Raphael, and Dalbert. The eldest, Edward, was the owner of Toralfina Castle. In Paris, where Mayor Joseph opened the headquarters of the familial bank, they owned two wonderful mansions in the most chic districts of the city, a stronghold of upper class and finance. They were well connected in the intellectual circles of their age. They knew Marcel Proust, Guy de Maupassant, Paul Bourget, Auguste Rodin, and many others. Behind me, you can see some portraits by Léon Bonnat and Renoir. The portrait of Irene Kahn-Danver in the center was stolen by the German army during the Second World War, and it landed in Goering collection. But let's go back to time properties. The different branches of the family had three castles in Paris countryside, Nanville-Roche, Bergerie, and Chans-sur-Marne. The last one was offered to the state in 1935, and today it is a national museum. All of them were ancient, royal, or aristocratic, Antin Lodge. Together with Toralfina, these three castles were the most important properties of the family, but they had also some other villas in Belgium, France, and Italy. Edward Cain moved to Rome in 1870. He was born in Antwerp, but he spent his time while growing up split between Paris, Amsterdam, and London. In London, he married against his family will, Christian Spartali, the wonderful daughter of a Greek Orthodox diplomat and merchant, she was one of the favorite models of the Pre-Raphaelite painters, widely known as the model for the princess from the land of porcelain in the center. In addition to his family heritage, Edward Fortune was based on real estate investments, and in particular on the construction of Prati di Castello neighborhood on the east side of the Vatican. This area, literally called Castle Meadows, was occupied by a series of ancient villas surrounded by gardens and vineyards. In collaboration with some other investors, Edward Cain promoted the construction of a new residential area, which totally transformed this part of the city of Rome. The landscape changed from this 
to this. It was a huge property speculation operation achieved with the government's silent approval. St. Peter's Cathedral is exactly beside Prati's area, but no roads of the new neighborhood offer the view of its dome. And most of the street's name reflected an anti-clerical character. It is clearly a risorgimento quarter. Working with the ruling class of his time, composed by ancient families like the Odescalchi, the Caetani, and the Spada Veralli, Edward Cain needed to stabilize his position through the possession of a fifth. Torrelfina offered him the possibility to put down roots in a relevant place, not too far from Rome, and loaded with symbolic value. Caindanver Manor is a temple consecrated to the Italian culture or at least a relevant example of its perception to the eyes of the 19th century European elites. Originally, it was a 12th century medieval military tower, and the ancient part of the present structure was were built in the Renaissance period by the Monaldeschi della Cervara family. Edward Cain bought it in 1881. Caen radically modifies the life of Torralfina village. He built a new road system, he bought the electricity and the telegraph. We can say that he bought the modernity to the small Italian burg. With his eclectic taste, he tasked the Sinese architect, architect Giuseppe Partini with the restoration of the entire stronghold. Under the ages of Viole de Duc, they, they turned the ancient estate into an eccentric yet well-equipped jewel of Gothic revival architecture. Partini's intervention was radical. He totally invented a medieval, a medieval manor that never existed. Original, originally, it was a countryside palace, not a castle. The original building occupied a smaller area, and there was even a Quattrocento church number 17 in the image on the right, that was destroyed to build the coach's entrance ramp. <laughs> Together with Partini, the manor was renovated by a team of Siamese craftsmen who completely transformed the interiors into a prestigious, profane, neo-Renaissance wall, working with frescoes, plasters, and marquetry. They were working on a representative house, conceived to bring the visitors into a medieval and Renaissance atmosphere and offering them every kind of modern commodity. The kitchen, the cold store, and even the pool table arrived directly from Paris, produced by the best factories of the time. Inside the castle, we are confronted with a display of the Italian culture that is almost exaggerated. Edward Cain, Giuseppe Partini, and the other artists and craftsmen who worked in Torralfina didn't try to imitate the old masters, they tried to relieve them. The perception of the copy during the 19th century was partly different from the ours. Here in the center, you can see a detail of the famous camera picta by Mantegna. In Torralfina, the oculus was split in two parts, decorating the ceiling of the gallery. It feels almost kitsch to us, but the idea was the appropriation of the beauty and the semantic force of Mantegna in order to present the castle as a new model of the Renaissance spirit. Following this logic, the owner, Edward Cain, could be presented as the expression of the prestige which belonged to ancient noble families for several centuries. 
This self-celebration purpose is evident on the second floor of the gallery, which was decorated by Pietro Ridolfi, called Tutoralfina by Rodolfo Cain, the first son of Edward. Surrounded by garlands plaster cupids with, uh, and plaster cupids, we find several bucolic scenes with a representation of the four seasons, which allude, alludes to the status of landowner. The family's coat of arms are everywhere. And we can see three different representations of Torre Alfina's castle itself as the one on the right. We even found a portrait of Rodolfo Cain with Gabriele D'Annunzio, one of the most influential intellectuals frequented by the family. An important corpus of Cinquecento paintings graced the gallery of the castle, together with a collection of archaeological sculpture and a prestigious set of furniture. The pieces of the collection aren't connected by a specific choice in terms of provenance, typology, or subject. They have a decorative purpose, together with an encyclopedic will. They represent the variety of the Italian and the European excellence in the art field, which is naturally associated with power. Coming from a cosmopolite context, Edward Cain puts down his roots in Torre Alfina. He perfectly represents the paradigm of the new nobility. He became a naturalized Italian citizen in 1866 and he obtained the title of Marquis of Torre Alfina 20 years later. To obtain his title, to integrate into Romanized society, to be recognized as a fundamental part of the economic and social system of his time, Edward needs a fifth. Torre Alfina was an ancient stronghold which offered him the ideal place to build a new lineage. For, the re for this reason, he built his family's mausoleum in the Sasseto forest next to the castle. This is an important gesture. He decided to be eternally connected to his land, promoting this collection to his descendants. However, uh, this emblematic building, the mausoleum, is totally lacking in religious symbols, as is the rest of the castle. Istor Alfina's manner, a feudal act of owning a fifth just like the ancient nobility did, is this absence of any reference to Judaism, a voluntary estrangement with a name at local integration. Let's get a look on Kain Danver coats of arm. These three pictures come from the Kain folder in Consulta Heraldic Archives. Mayor Joseph, the, the father of Edward, obtained the title of count in 1866, and Edward became Marquis of Torre Alfina in 1885. Starting from the left, we can see how the image changed in three different moments of the title's conception. In spite of this variation, the motto and the principal subject never change. It is evident. They are charged with the religious and the intimate meanings. We can easily recognize the lion with David's harp and the motto, with God by my side, I fear nothing. Beyond the motto, inside the castle, we can find only two little references to Judaism. I am talking about a minor books collection in Hebrew, in Edward's library, and also about some tiny deco decorative details, such as the one on this chair, and it is not that much. At the same time, in 1888, Edward offered a new stained glass to Orvieto's bishop for the restoring of the city cathedral. It is one of the most important Catholic churches in Italy. Edward carefully chooses the subject, Moses and David, 
This makes me think about a form of crypto religion. With God by my side, I fear nothing, he said, even to offer a 19th century glass masterpiece to a bishop. <laughs> As demonstrated by several archive records, Edward was part of the Jewish community of Rome. He even participated in the university elections. Nevertheless, I found two curious objects in his wardrobe, a cross of the Order of Malta and another one of the Christ Order of Portugal. I am talking about the most important Catholic decoration in the world, totally precluded to non-Catholic people. How did you obtain them? I don't have an answer. We are in front of a transformist, a man able to adapt his appearance to the necessity of his time. A man able to make relevant choices in order to pursue a purpose, to be recognized for his value as an Italian businessman. Not only as a businessman, but an Italian businessman. In this sense, the history of art is an history of migrations. Art and, arch and architecture become two fundamental instruments to express a choice, to reach an integrational purpose. Thank you for your attention.